Hey everybody and welcome back to the Table Podcast. Easter put us in the grave, but we have been resurrected and yeah. we are back back at it again. You ever like um what, you know that thing like back at it again with the white vans? Yeah. But like I say that, but I don't say it like the guy said it, uh, but I still think it's funny the way I say it. So yeah. I'll say back at it again. Like and that's not how he said yeah. it. But that's also how I say it. So. Those things are the best though. Like when you take it a step further and for <laughs> yeah. yourself and your friends or whatever. Level up, bro. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I was with uh, I was with these kids the other day, and they're like eight, seven, eight years old, and all of them are calling each other bruh. Really? Oh, bruh, bruh, <laughs> nah, bruh, bruh. I'm like, stop, stop right now. You stop that. Stop acting like me. Oh, I'm just kidding. Um, what have you guys been up to? Nothing, man. Not really. Well, been trying to rise up too. Rise up, <laughs> rise just up. Trying to rise level up, up or trying rise to level up? up. Both. Rise <laughs> up, rise up is the new wave, right? Of level up, isn't that it, Taylor? Yeah, it is. Rise he just up, says, yeah. So. He's like, yeah, sure. What? Sure. Dude, I was at the gym the other night, and people were sitting in the hot tub, and it was the brownest looking hot tub yeah, I've ever seen so in my whole life. Like, you ever seen that one video where, like, somebody takes a two in the hot tub, oh, and yeah, then everybody yeah. gets my out of the hot gosh. tub? I, we won't pull that up because it's oh. really disgusting, but that is basically what it, it looked like. It's it always surprised me, though, that you feel comfortable getting in public hot tubs i do if they're at a hotel i think it's desperation i think i love it so much that i want it to be good yeah. you ever want something to be good so bad that you'll tolerate it being bad because you want it to be good mm. sounds so sounds deep right. sounds we, unhealthy did we, <laughs> it sounds like you're asking for a disease yeah. i think that's what you're asking for like have you ever taken a bath in a hotel oh, yes no. really yes oh. i'd so have do you, but is it yeah. weird for, that, that's <laughs> you, hard you, for me you know where where? The Trump International Vegas. Oh, gosh. <laughs> okay, if there's somewhere because to do it, Because they have it's like there. a TV like in the mirror, yeah. okay, and you yeah. can sit yeah, in the tub nice. and yeah, watch the TV nice. in the mirror. I have taken a bath in, in uh, another one in Vegas. Like that, that's the same thing like that. Oh, the things in life. Yeah, you can't really understand why. Well, you're in there like, ah, this must how it feels it must to be the man, the Donald. <laughs> the it's Donald. Awesome. No, but I feel that way when I get out and I put on the white robe. Like it's <laughs> yeah. all, There's something about a robe that makes you feel wealthy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like just wearing a nice... Can you call Ash Melania? Yes. No, yeah, I do. Oh I do. I do. Mrs. M. Call her <laughs> Mrs. You, M. Didn't you get sent back up to your room for wearing a robe downstairs? Mm -hmm. <laughs> really? Yeah. Wow. Uh-huh. Yeah. He got real comfortable at the I was with Lance McCampbell, and we 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 have this thing where we think we we own everywhere we oh, go. As long, if we're wearing a robe, that means we own the place. And we wore a robe down into the foyer, the foyer, foyer, foyer the lobby, the lobby, whatever, the okay. lobby, whatever. Right. The foyer. You know, it was the Trumps. It was definitely the foyer. The foyer. And uh, of the of the hotel, and we went to like go get breakfast, and we're in white. We're in white robes, dude. Like that's that's how 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 hard we go in in the paint, and we went right down in there like like we'd like to get some coffee, and they're like, you need to go back upstairs. Oh and my play. gosh, <laughs> this is not that kind of place. Oh, Things you do. Things you don't understand. You know what else I don't understand? Guys who wear wife beaters <laughs> under dress shirts. <laughs> like, like, ugh. dude. When Wait, guys on. wear, you could, have, you could put a, just put a period in, in the comma. Though. Where? Why? Guys that wear wife well, beaters. Period. Yeah, just period. Just period. there. Next. Why are we still wearing these? Yeah. Like, what why else are, are you we gonna wear to your court date? Dude, exactly. <laughs> like you, you just don't, you don't look good, dude. Yeah. Like, 
one, we can all see the the wife beater, the tank top underneath the dress shirt. Yeah. So why are you wearing it? Like the <laughs> so you the, don't at least it's better than that than your just your nipples. Bro, just be incognito. Exposed. Wear tape. Do something, but don't <laughs> wear tape. I mean, come on, dude. Like it just doesn't look good. <laughs> no, it, it doesn't. I don't even know that it's ever looked good. But for some reason, like I still see some people doing that. You're like, talking I, under like collared shirts, right? Like when they open. Yeah. It up. yeah. No, even see... when it's not opened up, when it's buttoned up to the top button, dude, uh, and you still and you see, the, see the, you still uh, see, yeah, looks yeah, like yeah, you're wearing yeah. a spaghetti strap. Off. Like it yeah. still looks like that. Yeah. Stop doing that. Like I'm trying to help you out. It's not a good look. What should they do though? Because they probably do it for sweat. The the weird thing about wife beaters is though, which. Also, it's an appropriate, inappropriate name. Dude, that's like, can we just talk about that we probably shouldn't be calling them that? They're extra ribbed tank tops. They're extra ribbed tank tops <laughs> that are always way too tight and Scratch. weird looking. But the yeah. weird thing about those type of tank tops, we won't call them the WB. Um, Twenty nine WBs. It, the weird thing about WBs is that the armpits are missing. Like the part that you would need to like help absorb some sweat. Gone. is missing uh, dude gone. so like i still don't get the point like somebody <laughs> there's certain things that i just don't understand you know what <laughs> i think i i don't understand and this is gonna probably a difference of opinion in this i don't get when parents post social media posts about their kids on social media to their kid like written to their kid but their kid doesn't have social media dude <laughs> so like oh my dear baby boy thank you so much for coming into my world oh, how much i love yeah. you and it's i want to wish you a happy birthday and there's like five yeah. pictures of their child and it's like your your kid doesn't have social media though <laughs> it's like but but your but your three-year-old doesn't have social media though so why <laughs> hey Hey, they don't have they don't have an Instagram account though. I think so, it's like, even weirder when they when they make a Instagram for their kid, especially when they're not even born. It's like <laughs> the pre the pre born it's like Instagram page. Yeah, and then they they talk coming, like coming they soon. are the baby. Like, oh, I'm loving in the womb. Yeah. You know, here's a picture of me. You know, like, oh, no. I get it. If like, I think that some people do it because like I try to actually understand this because to me it makes zero sense, but. I think they do it because they u literally use it as social media. Like it's like some people use it as like I like as a platform influencing or you mm -hmm. know to get your message out or whatever. Like a lot that's more so what a lot of people are using it for. But then some people use it like to show the family photos. Only thing is, still don't write it to your kid. <laughs> then say here here's my baby here is my baby boy, joy of my life, whatever. But it's, that's just another thing I don't get. I don't get. I don't understand. Speaking of that of social media, mm -hmm. did social media. Uh, social media. Did you hear in Canada they're testing out there's no no liking? I did. So uh, that's yeah. in Canada? I think so. Canadians, man. Of course. Yeah. Of course it would be the Canadians, <laughs> yeah. eh? Um, but yeah, they're basically not doing like no likes, right? Yeah. Like it's just... You can't see them publicly, I guess, or something like that, I think. So can you still see your own likes? I think you can Probably, see your own likes. Yeah. But other people can't size you up, basically. Yeah. Which would be interesting, right? Like mm -hmm. would be to see... Um, because I think I saw uh, like a study where it's showing like the effect that it's having on people seeing how many followers you have and how many likes you're getting and like your self worth through, through it. Well, all for sure. Yeah. I mean, that's like a no brainer, right? Like yeah. we all know that's a that's a serious issue. I think, though, that you'd have to be a really, really good person to make that happen. Like oh, you'd have yeah. to be more about being a good person and doing what's right for the common good than you would for money and people liking you. Yeah. Like. I will give if Instagram does that, I will give them mad props because nobody's gonna like it. Mm -hmm. 
like most people most people even though we know we all know that that should happen uh -huh. like i think we just all know that should yeah. happen yeah there should be that that shouldn't be a part of our value system so the likes and all that we should you know it like i think value system wise like if we're if social media's purpose was to bring people together then we should make that happen like that would be a thing that puts humanity first probably not gonna happen yeah. <laughs> but know, if but surprised. if he but if he had if he had the guts to say no this is what it's about i would have mad respect for that yeah just in principle even if i didn't like it because i don't know that i would like it i think that i think that we would were so programmed the other way yeah right yeah absolutely. i mean if you took a vote to show likes or not show likes what would you vote for not show it just you really would i don't got that many followers or likes so i mean like pull I them all like, down with me yeah, yeah. <laughs> i feel like it would change the way i post like i don't post certain things because yeah. i know like well, this is gonna stupid, be stupid. but like sometimes i like i'm very stupid in any way so yeah. like, i like to do stuff like that yeah. if it didn't matter if it didn't matter yeah. like if it wasn't gonna you, so you won't see the felt cute might delete later anymore because yeah. yeah. it's like <laughs> yeah because right. those are fishing for likes you mm. know those are so like fishers dude yeah they are fishing for likes yeah. Felt cute, might delete it. No, you're no. That's just if you don't get the validation you want, then you're gonna delete it later. I always love when singers do that. What? Delete like they'll they'll post a video clip of them singing la 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 la, <laughs> and then it's like oh might delete later. <laughs> really? No, okay, dude, you're showing off your beastie run. We <laughs> get it. You're running for president, and we hear you. We hear your vocal chops. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, that's just what happens in this in this world that we live in. Um, I heard somebody, um, dude, you, you know what I was thinking about the other day? I was thinking about people you ever, you ever around people and they don't say their words, right? Or they like, they, they think that words are real that aren't real. We had this, um, family member that used to always say when something happened that was hilarious, they would always say, oh, that's malarious, no. dude, bro, malarious. Like you ever met... They do they make yeah. it up though? No, like they think. I think that you. I think what happens, dude, is you, is you joke about something and then it becomes what you really think yeah. it is. Like you ever, like I do this sometimes. Like you have a joking voice and then you realize, oh, that's like your regular voice now. No. Yeah. Like when did that become your regular voice? <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. yeah. Like I think that it's that's like when people say Tarje. It's like you yeah. say it ironically, but and then, then you start saying like, I'm gonna oh, go yeah, to Tarje. Yeah. <laughs> Who am I? Some people just get words twisted. My um, my grandma, there's some she she had she's the queen. Her and my grandma, my grandpa used to be the king of it too. But she'll say things like um like she um uh, ran into one of my this is not a word, this is like a concept, but she ran into my aunt that she hadn't seen in a while and she was like, Oh my gosh. She's like, It's just like a nightmare to see <laughs> But she meant no. she meant it's like a dream. Yeah. Like so she meant like it's like a dream, but she said it's like a <laughs> it's, a it's nightmare. like a it's such a nightmare to see. <laughs> she said that she <laughs> When she separates her cans, she calls it segregating her cans. Oh, <laughs> like, no. She says all she says all kinds of crazy stuff um, like that. What is the other one? She says she says, um, oh, when when one of my aunts had to get induced to, for, for to labor, she's like, oh, she had to go to the doctor. They had to seduce her. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> What's well, funny is they're, like, they're key words that sound like kind of right. They're, that's the thing. They're they're close, they're like, well, we were just talking about that before this. We had a. Um, Gaff taped something together to make it work. Oh, yeah. And we're like, oh, we got to uh, uh, Jerry rig it together. And he's like, Jerry isn't, it, isn't it Jimmy rig? I always heard oh. Jimmy rig, but I always would say there's Jimmy, all Jimmy kinds rig. of There's all kinds of those. Um, and then there's just words that you don't say right and that we add syllables to. There's one that I can't remember what it is. Oh, I, you know what I say all the time that isn't right? I say particularly. Oh, 
That's not a word, dude. Not a and word. I say that. Particular, uh, particularly? Yeah. So, like, particularly. Like, that's not a word, but I say it like that. But it's particularly. Oh. Particularly. But I say particularly. Oh, yeah. I think I have. Particularly. Particularly. Not a word. But I say it. You're pretty good at, like, knowing what words you're saying, though. Like, I feel like I'm pretty not good at that. I'm aware. <laughs> I'm pretty not good yeah. at that. Like, I could like just what talk, do you mean? Like, I can have a full-on conversation about... Um, like a Shrissa, for instance, uh -huh. but I'll call her Ashley the whole time to Jacqueline and she'd be like, I don't know what you're talking about. You're, like, yeah. Uh, Cause like, if, if you knew in your mind, like, and you're saying the right, you like in yeah. your mind, you're thinking the right person, but you're saying the wrong name. Exactly. And I do that all the time. Yeah. yeah. It's just the way life, life goes. Yeah. It's malarious. So malarious. Oh my God. It's, <laughs> it's malarious. I'm going to bring it back. I'm bringing back, bringing for, back malarious. First merch that we make is going to be malarious, malarious on a wife beater. <laughs> on a WB. <laughs> on a WB. Put it on the WB. Malarious. <laughs> oh, today on the podcast, ladies and gentlemen, in honor of Mother's Day, we have a legend who has not only been uh, a part of pioneering an organization that has existed for well over 26 years. She is also my mother and Drew's mother, and um, she has all kinds of words of wisdom, and it's actually one of my favorite podcasts. We talk about a lot of different things, as always, on this podcast, and so I know that you will enjoy it. I'm thankful that she's here because that's why I'm here, and that's why Drew's here. Yeah. Otherwise, it would just be Miggy here by himself, and we <laughs> all know how much of a problem that would be. <laughs> Uh, we all know how much of a offensive problem that would be if we we never can i tell you guys something we never edit this podcast ever until miguel says something that he shouldn't say the old, like literally that would be we the only thing we edit is miguel on this show that's literally i swear to you it's literally the only thing that we edit and if you if you only knew you would even you would even cringe so we hope that you're doing well, everybody. Let people know, again, about this podcast. If you like it, continue to post about it. Tell your friends. Um, it really helps us a lot. And um, like, subscribe, rate, review. YouTube, uh, we're on all uh, all platforms. But um, tell us, even shoot us an email. Let us know what you like, what you'd like to hear, maybe guests that you'd like to hear on the podcast, what you'd like um, to hear more about. We may listen to you. We may not. doesn't matter. But we want to hear from you yeah. because we love you, love you, love you. Hey, happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there. Mums, the mums out there. <laughs> for our UK listeners, oh, for all the people in the UK too. All of my, all the, <laughs> all the. Mums. Uh, can you get your accent straight, like, dude? I can do accents until you call me on the carpet to do an accent. Really? And then it's and then like, it, yeah. yeah everyone and then it's like, is it Australian? Is it Indian? Is it yeah. European? What are we doing? All right, mum. <laughs> to all the mums out there, the moms out there, the mommies up there. Oh. Um, <laughs> Oh, man. Mommies is, mommies is different. Oh, you can't say mommies? Oh, uh, so it's like mommies and daddies? No, it's like it, mommies right now is like like the the attractive ladies out there that, you know, someone wants to holler at, you know? It's so like, then oh, you're a mommy. A, but a mommy. The same, isn't that uh, the same? Is that not the same for a daddy? Isn't it like a, what about a zaddy? <laughs> right? Daddy zaddy. or a zaddy? What is a zaddy? Zaddy is just... An evolved form of daddy. You just added the Z. Oh, yeah, this is people, man. They don't need, they need some boundaries. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, it's just anything goes in this culture. Developing an appetite for anything, including older men and women. But another podcast, <laughs> another day. We'll talk yeah. about the mommies and the daddies. And, uh, yeah. Hope you guys enjoy this podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, my mom, Sheree Hand.
who's was on this before me? Walter Diamond. <laughs> I don't think I've heard Walter's yet. Oh, you haven't? No. You're in for a treat. Why? Walter Walter's story is super uh, are we rolling? Uh, Walter's story is super intriguing to me because um he was in a cult. He was in a cult for a number of years. How many years was Walter in the cult? What was it? It was nearly a decade. Wow. It was nearly a decade and it's a really crazy story because it started out um as like a spiritual advisor, like his a mentor. Met him at a at a Bible study. You know that I mean, it got, it got real wild and crazy, but wow. it uh, talks about the power of, you know, subtlety and manipulation and all those kinds of That's things. That's crazy. And how people just, um, people don't, people just don't think yeah. it's the weirdest thing. Like you have the tendency to, to, it's weird because as much as people have like trust issues, like I think like that's one of the probably number one guns of like dysfunctions and American society, it seems like, is everybody mm -hmm. has trust issues, right? Like, we can't trust politics, we can't trust the church, yeah. we can't trust... And yet, how we do at the same time, we trust almost everybody. Like... That's true. I watch these people... Have you seen um, Have you seen the show... I think I talked about it on Walters. What was the... Um, uh, abducted in Plain Sight? No. Have you seen Abducted uh -huh. in Plain Sight? Well, it's the same thing. Like, people with their kids, right? Like, um, the people... Like, how... how I mean, you see the stories all the time, whether it be on TV or, or the news. Mm -hmm. So-and-so snatched so-and-so or this person was with this person and they took their kid. It's like, how are, how are you that that trusting, you know, even in the midst of you, you don't trust anybody. I know. <laughs> you trust. It's like the circumstance is just right. Yeah. I wonder, too, if people like um, when it comes, like I think people, I think people allow laziness and busyness to get them to just That's be okay and it's not even necessarily trust it's mm -hmm. like you almost convince yourself that yeah. oh it's not a big deal I and i would think that. that you'd have some red <clears throat> flags along the way but you kind of override them mm -hmm. you kind of try to think past them like oh that just can't be true i think it too shows like how um how blind you are by your own um i guess maybe busyness or your own selfishness because every single person that i talk to like without without a uh without fail they all say the principle of hindsight is twenty twenty. You look back and all the signs were there. Walter mm -hmm. talks about that. Like you look back, and it's like the writings on the wall. Like you, mm -hmm. how you missed, how you missed that. Yeah, that's weird, huh? Yeah, I remember though. Like growing up, um, you guys always seem to be somewhat aware, um, or at least you would have moments of of awareness. I remember one time we had taken somebody in. There was somebody in the church that had their son was like down and out. Do you remember what I'm talking talk about? Their son was down and out. I think uh, it was one of the guys that first started coming to the church and he was an older, older kid. Uh -huh. And it was like middle of the night. And um, I remember us going or dad going to go pick up this guy uh -huh. and you brought him back and he stayed at the house. Uh -huh. And um, I remember him staying at the house and then um, like nothing ever happened. But I remember you guys like almost like weeks or months later. Like, I don't know. I don't know if like something came out about the guy or something. But I remember you guys asking like, hey, when he stayed with us, like nothing happened or he didn't like treat you guys weird or behave weird or anything. Like, Do you remember anything no, like that? No, I don't. You don't at uh, all? It's funny the things as kids you. That, that you remember that, that you remember people that don't remember. Like don't you're nuts. Remember. That never happened. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I saw it's like. I'm oh, sorry. Gosh. That never happened. We have taken, I mean, we have let a couple people stay with us like that. Um, 
I don't know at the moment though, because you look back, I look back on it now mm -hmm. and, and almost think sometimes like, why would we let them stay in the house? But at the moment, you know, you feel like, man, I need to help them out or, <clears throat> you know, you felt okay about it. Yeah. But I can see how crazy things can happen well, and, when you do. And it's hard to know that line, right? I think especially as like a, a, a person that's wanting to help others, you know, I think especially within the context of being a Christian, you know, you see this, um, almost this sense of obligation. I mean, yeah. we I mean, what's what we're about, like help yeah. the hurting, clothe the, clothe the naked, yeah. help bring healing to the broken. Yeah. And then at the same time, you have these, uh, these other responsibilities that God has given you to, mm -hmm. to watch over. How did you guys, how did you guys protect? Or do you feel like part of it is just like Providence? Like you trust God to, <laughs> I think you have to trust God in it. Mm -hmm. Um, I think one of the main things I think that we've always tried to do in, in even helping people or even bringing people into our home is following the peace of God on the inside, mm -hmm. you know, because I think sometimes on the outside, it could not look right. Like, why would you bring those people in? Um, you know, they've been battling this or dealing with this, but on the inside there's peace, like it'll be okay. Mm -hmm. And then there's other times where the outside looks okay. Like they look like they got it all together, like they're good, godly Christian people that would do no harm. But yeah. then you have this weird feeling on the inside, like there's just something not right here. Yeah. And I think, you know, you have to be led by the peace of God or the spirit of God on the inside. I think that's how he kind of keeps you, you know, straight. And I still think you override that sometimes or, you, do. you know, you still do your best and bad things happen. Yeah. You know, I, I find too, like, it's interesting because as a parent, I don't know if you were like this with us, but I find myself I find myself resisting my need to be in control based upon my own experiences. So for example, if I had a bad experience as a child or something happened in the midst of my journey, I almost try to protect my kids from that. Mm -hmm. And so I almost it seems like I, I when I stop and like reason it, it's like I can be limiting their experiences because yeah. of my negative experiences. Yeah. You can't go here. You can't experience this. You can't be there because when I did that, I experienced, yeah. I experienced this. And at the same, it's like, a, I, I think it's a double-edged sword because there's this part that is wisdom. And then there's this part that is fear incognito. Yeah. You know That's what I'm true. saying? Mm -hmm. Like it's it's really yeah. that I am terrified that what happened to me or my experience will become their experience. Right. So, and and anytime you're motivated out of fear, I mean, fear fear is a poison That's true. that either destroys your soul, destroys. Mm -hmm. I mean, you it can affect the. I mean, even making those decisions out of fear, I find can affect your relationship with your child because then they're frustrated and don't understand. You know, yeah, it's the ongoing you know, parent and child, you don't understand. It's, you know, parenting it's isn't same. for the weak. Parenting is challenging. <laughs> yeah. And I tell parents that all the time that parenting is not for a weak person. Mm -hmm. Um, parenting, parenting is challenging. Um, because I think a lot of times you try to do, there's certain things being raised that you look back at your childhood and you feel maybe restricted in an area or an, un, um, maybe unheard or, um, Maybe something was being done unfair, and so you on purpose try to change that, mm -hmm. you know, in your world when you're a parent. Um, but even in that, it's challenging. Mm -hmm. It's challenging to to create to allow your child to be their creative self, but yet still put some sort of parameters around that. And and I think 
um, being where I am, am at now as a parent, looking back, I have the privilege now looking back at all three of you guys right. and seeing certain um, maybe personality traits or certain issues, certain ways or bents that you were when you were younger and seeing how God has used them to develop who you are today and how there are probably things that we could have maybe cultivated better or maybe done a little bit different, but you, you don't have that opportunity as a parent to go back and change anything, you know, um, just trusting God that somehow in the process, our desire to do things God's way that he somehow makes up the difference for, you know, us as parents failing or not seeing warning signs or not seeing, you know, or, or being so distracted that we're so already concerned about us and, you know, what we're about and not necessarily about what the kid's about. Um, But parenting is challenging, you know, and and I think every generation, you look at the next generation, you're like, ah, it's even harder. You know, (laughs) you even have, I look at you guys now and you have so much uh, more influences that you, that your kids are involved in so many outside voices that have access to them that you guys didn't even have when, you know, Mm -hmm. 30 years ago. Um, That's challenging. Yeah. But I also know God's, God knows that, yeah. and He's given you wisdom and ability uh, to be able. Well, to that's the thing too. Like cha- challenge, the concept of challenge is, is really relative because I've heard you talk about yeah. this before. When I've, uh, I think other times I've been interviewing you or talking and asked you a question like, "Do you think it's harder to be a parent now than it was then?" And I remember you sometimes instinctually answering that question, saying, "I, I don't think it's harder. I think it's different. different." And I think it's because I agree. It's that principle that hard. Is relative, mm-hmm. you know. You what you felt as challenge raising us is the same exact thing as I feel as yeah. challenge. There's different things causing that sense of challenge. Yeah. There's there's new things in the equation, but right. the overall theme or emotion or sentiment or burden mm-hmm. is that of challenge. I mean, it's the same thing, yeah. right? That is true. You know, that's true. So it's I don't know. It's interesting to to think about and then to. I don't know, kind of, kind of reason, um, because you realize that it's that it's really like a relative, a relative thing, and you have to, um, you have to like put yourself in a, in a position. I think too of like, I think as parents, there's this, you you have this this sense that you are the person that determines the destiny of your child, and I I don't know, like I don't know that I buy that because I, I you see there's like. I mean, actually, the science shows, I was listening to a, a podcast, and they were talking about, like, people who study this for a living say that it's like a 50-50. Like, there's this 50% of, like, what family you grow up in and the coaching that you have and all this kind of stuff. And then there's this other part that has to do with, like, your psychology and how you're yeah. built and innately, like, your genetics and all this kind of thing. So it's almost like I find that there's this pressure that parents most parents carry, you know, cause yeah. you feel you can easily feel like a failure if your kids didn't turn out the way that you wanted them to turn out. But there's parents that were really great parents that their kids turned out as a failure because there were so many other, you know, um, variables yeah. in the equation. And just the opposite. You seem so many parents that have, were so disconnected involved in, yeah. you know, and their kids are amazing yeah. human beings. Yeah. I, I, I think as parents, we do carry that responsibility sometimes. We feel that pr- responsibility and that pressure. And, you know, if our kids don't end up doing what we feel like they should be doing, you know, we uh, feel responsible for that. I 
I think, you know, our job, um, just, I mean, according to the word is just to aim them, do our best to aim them yeah. Godward in whatever it is they're facing in life, aim them Godward. And if we aim, aim them Godward, God has the way of getting them where they need, need to go. Yeah. I mean, that's God's promise. That's very true. If they can stay connected to God, curious about God, you know, in a relationship with God. And really, as, as parents, if we truly are uh, Godward, you know, and that's not that we're perfect because nobody's perfect, you know, I think. But if in the core of who we are, it, it's Godward and that our, our choice and our decision is we, we choose God, God's way. Um, I feel like kids then see the genuine God in you and they really do yeah. see God at work and there's nothing more than that. Yeah, But that's where I think that even growing up in uh, your guys' house that I saw God was, um, it was, it's tough because he was a part of, we we're building a church, right? Like the mm -hmm. church, we're starting the church, but he was always, um, a part of our lives, not just something we checked off on a list. And yeah. I think that for a lot of even pseudo Christian people, like if I don't know that it sticks if spiritual <laughs> nice sneeze, Miguel Bless in the you. room. Bless you, way, way to get featured there, bro. <laughs> Sorry. Way to get your always always want the spotlight, this guy. Just go ahead and sneeze. Hey, have you ever noticed when people sneeze with voice though? Like that that would be an intro topic. Like when people sneeze, you know what I'm talking about? Like hachu? Yeah, you kind of do that actually when you sneeze. No, I you? yell. I like. Achoo! Like it's I'm like slow. no voice needed. I don't understand. Well, no people. voice needed. Like here's a, here's the, here would be a regular sneeze. Achoo! Like that's no voice, but then I do it too sometimes. Like it's like achoo! Like it's like please stop. Why why are you engaging your vocal cords? Not not necessary. That's not necessary. I don't understand people who can hold it in and just go. <laughs> Like if you, I think that like that's eyeballs, not gonna, good for yourself. Yeah, your eyeballs—it's all connected. It's like your eyeballs can pop out. It's like, how do you do that? I let it out. If you're gonna sneeze, just sneeze. Just I let it. Just, that, just just let it Whatever rip do, and roar. <laughs> Whatever you're doing, it's let it rip come and out. roar. Yeah, let back it out. The, back to the topic. Um, so I think like you know, not just having. I think that parents get discouraged. It's like we raise them in church, or you raise them. No, you raise them around religion, and you taught them how to check God off on make sure that God's in the mid. But I find the difference. You know, the. I mean, I think it's the gift that I was given. It's like God was a part of what we were doing. He was in the conversation, you know, and not just not just when it came to things that we, you know, when we went to church or when we yeah. were going through trouble. He was constantly a part of the conversation, and that's the reoccurring principle that I, I tend to talk about a lot. Is, um, that I that I learned from uh, a friend of mine is not that God not just being at the top of your list, but yeah. the center of your life is really is that. really everything. Yeah, because that's so true. I love when you say that that it's not God's just not number one. Right. He's the center of our life. Right. And I think that's huge. And honestly, kids can see that. Yeah. And um, whether he is or, or if he's not, because it dictates your conversation. God being the center of your life dictates your conversation. It, it orchestrates how you do life relationally, how you treat your spouse, how you treat your employer. God being the center of yeah. your life, not just being number one. Because yeah. you're right, if God's number one, I'm going to get up, I'm going to pray in the morning, then I'm going to live my life like I want to live and do what I want to do. And, yeah. and then maybe I'll make in the last part of my day, you know, we'll say our prayers before we go to bed. 
Um, but God being at the center of your life, yeah. you live life differently. Right. You think differently. You yeah. do things differently. And you realize too, I think as, as a parent, you know, and even with, for me, like having young kids, it's like you, you very quickly realize how your ability to control is so impossible to be able to be able to control what's coming into uh -huh. their That's mind, true. into mm -hmm. their life, their connections, their experiences. Uh -huh. It's it's nearly impossible. And you're either going to stress yourself out being a control freak, trying to micromanage every little tiny thing, yeah. or you're going to, um, I think, realize that there is a bigger picture. It's like I was um, my oldest son had a birthday a couple of days ago. And um, I, him, some of his friends were driving in the car with me, and I had the car full, a truck full of kids, and there I hear him in the back, and they start like talking about like, um, they're like, "Hey, do you know who his crush is?" And I'm like, "What, you, dude? You're like nine, eight years old, <laughs> like you know what I mean?" And like crushes, and what's uh, funny is I have asked my my own son about this before. And he's like, "No, I'm not really interested uh, in that." Whatever, blah blah blah. <laughs> and I hear them in the back seat talking about, "Oh yeah, I talked to her, and she said that she was she yes. was very, definitely likes you." Uh -huh. And I'm like, "That's awesome." It, to me, it's like this immediate picture of they. You think you know your kids, but you don't know your kids. Like, and and every parent thinks that, right? Like, yes. so, and yet you know that your parents didn't fully know everything about you. Like, we all know that, right? Like, your parent, your mom and dad didn't know everything that was going on in your life. No. And it's and you find out the same thing about us like right when we tell Often. we tell we tell these yes. <laughs> we tell these stories and Sitting it's around like a campfire you remember when we I'm like what you some things I'm and I'm just going to put it out there if any mm -hmm. of y'all kids are listening to this uh -huh. um some things I don't want to know at this stage in my life right okay I, I just keep it to yourself keep talk it a about secret. the yeah there's some things I just don't want to know yeah. um that's happened but, but you're you're right I mean, kids have their uh, their perception or their, you know, image they give to their parents. There's so, there's so much more mm -hmm. that's going on behind the scenes. And I think that that's why it's that much more important to be present and to not you. I find for me, one of the things that I've been challenging myself in is to not my see see myself as the person that's in control, but to see myself as a coach. Like if you see yeah. yourself as a coach, you are you're not focused on things your way. You're focused yeah. on getting the player to win. And so I find like is if I can just focus on the things with my kids that set them up to win, to yeah. to not get into the the nitty gritty of the things that are you know my way, my culture, my upbringing, whatever, and and we're all gonna have those things as our personality, but to focus on the things that like really matter, you know, yeah. it's like I and then my youngest son, I walked in the other day to the living room and YouTube was playing, so it was like on just playing random music. And uh, "Reckless Love" by Corey Asbury was on, and um, he started. He started. He, my youngest son was like just singing "Reckless Love," you know, oh the overwhelming, mm -hmm. never-ending reckless love of God <laughs> at the top at the top of his lungs. And I remember it like, almost like taking me back. And, uh -huh. and I, I was standing there thinking, man, if if I only coach one thing, and yeah. I think it's that hunger for God, for yeah. uh, relationship with God. I think it starts, you know, foundationally That's with true. spirituality, playing, paying attention to like what really matters. Like if you yeah. just put them on that, on that track, I feel like you're you're already. I already love ahead that of the game. Um, idea of being a coach because really, as parents, that's what we are coaching them to navigate. And I know we're not always the best coach. You know, we get bad play calls and all that, but 
I think with kids, um, it's easy sometimes when they're going through situations in life, maybe with other kids or, you know, even hearing your, your son talk about, you know, a crush or, or whatever, you know, you want to kind of put a stop to some of those mm-hmm. things. You know, I'm going to go talk to that girl and tell her to stay away from him or, you know, I want to go deal with what the pressure or the opposition that's coming at them instead of dealing with the child and coaching them through and how mm-hmm. to handle those feelings or how to handle those um, those, those things. I know even, you know, with you guys growing up, growing up in church, you have, uh, you know, people at times who put unrealistic, unrealistic expectations, um, on you guys or would, um, be a little harsh in their approach with you. And, you know, as a mom, you know, my tendency would be want to want to go and to address them, leave my kid alone, um, you know, quit treating them any different yeah. and, and, and go to battle with them, which I could, or could, help navigate you through you guys through or do my best to navigate you guys through that people are going to oppose you at times people are going to treat you different at times people are going to put expectations on you at times how are we going to deal with that how are you going to deal with it as opposed to me fighting your battles teaching you how to maybe see the battle correctly to be able to um navigate yourself through it and not always having us come to the defense i mean we would if we had to but um i think it as a coach, if that's your perception, then you can help them navigate wherever their, their journey mm-hmm. um, into adulthood, probably better. Well, and you know, I, it's, it, it's rooted in that, the principle or the idea that, or I think it's just the reality. One of the hardest things to do is to have the discipline to allow those you love to struggle. It's hard. And I think it's a discipline because you, you have to have confidence in the process over your own personal persuasion mm-hmm. to trust that there is. And it, I, I find like especially in the, the world of religion or, or church, especially well, maybe our context, the idea, the essence of struggle is it's, it's, it's hard to grapple with because struggle involves pain, which yeah. for us is negative of everything good. Yeah. When there is an aspect of the the reason we call it pain or struggle is because it's not what we want or what we expected most of the time. Right. Most most of what American society calls pain is personal unmet expectations. I wanted it to go one way and it didn't go that way. And so because it didn't go the way that I wanted to go, now I'm experiencing struggle. Now I'm internally in turmoil. But sometimes the the toil that comes with struggle is, I think, in essence, a gift. I see that with with kids that have parents that always removed every obstacle, those people don't know how to function in real That's life. They, they were always they were always praised. They were always pedestaled. Yeah. They uh, they were any any time there were repercussions, uh, the parents dropped in and and pulled them out. And now when they've put into the real world and they're trying to chase their dreams, they're trying to go after things, they hit one wall and it's like, oh, I must not be what I was supposed to do. And it's like, no, like you, you, but you were never taught what struggle produces. You were never taught how to push through pain. And I think sometimes the greatest gift you can give to someone is the willingness to, to allow them to, to struggle. And that's tough. Hardest thing ever. That's so tough as a parent to watch your kids struggle. I mean, when you see your little, I mean, your toddler fall down, they fall down, they're learning how to walk, they fall down, you immediately want to go and pick them up 
or you want to say, here, hold my hand yeah. because you don't want them to fall. And that honestly doesn't get any easier the older your kids mm. get. You know, I'm, I'm, I have, I mean, you guys are grown with kids yeah. of your own and I still see at times the struggle or yeah. the tension or just the fight of life. Yeah. You know, yeah. that maybe the pressures of, of kids or, or, or just knowing how kids can challenge marriage, how, yeah. you know, finances can tr yeah. uh, challenge, you know, marriage right. and just the struggles in life, you know, or, or even ministry wise that you guys are, are helping lead ministry and, and opposition that comes there. And, right. and just knowing the, the pressures of that, mm -hmm. um, after being, have gone through it. Yeah. Your uh, heart as a parent, you always still want to get it in and you want to fix and you want to defend and you want to put up walls uh, to protect that. And I don't know that that never changes. Yeah. I mean, you guys are in your 30s and I and I still want to, you know, go battle for you or, right. or protect or try to make things easier. Um, it's a struggle as a parent to let your kids uh, process through life, you know, and, to, and, and be there to pray and, and support and be the sounding board that you can be or the encouragement you can be. But let the process happen. Yeah, and for I think even beyond parenting, I mean, people that you love. Yeah, well, exactly. I mean, isn't yes, that the, the, sure. the ultimate story of of enabling? Yeah, it's like yeah, for sure, taking away the consequence mm -hmm. of not even just I think bad decisions, but I think just life experience. Yeah. You know what life brings to your door, and sometimes the best thing can sometimes I mean it's it goes cross grain to what your your brain wants to believe yeah. but I think sometimes struggle can be because how you define struggle is everything so I think mm -hmm. that in its purest form struggle is things that I wish were different yeah. I wanted things to be a different way and they're, and they're not that way sometimes the gift of that um, is actually the greatest gift I heard um, I think it was the the creator of the um, the Bible app. He was doing an interview one time, and he was talking about how um, sometimes limitation is is your greatest asset because without limitation, there would be no advancement in life. The, yeah. the reason we have a phone is because at some point there was limitation. There was someone that oh, I can't get a hold of them because they're not here. Well, how can we fix that problem? Yeah. We had we had we had limitation. Uh -huh. So that limitation caused me to have to create, have to dream. Right. Limitation is a picture of, of struggle, something that that is in my way. You think about disease or um, you know that that we couldn't we couldn't cure, and somebody said there's there's a limitation here. We can't figure out how to get these kids, mm -hmm. you know to be healthier, to get rid of the, you know, smallpox mm -hmm. or whatever. And somebody used because of, because of limit, if there was no limitation, there would be no advancement. That's and true. so I think sometimes we hate it, yeah. but there's part of it that if you can see it right, it, there's, it, there's a gift in it. Yeah. And, uh, it's like, uh, what's that? They, they talk about how, like when a, um, a baby chick is being born, you know, it starts breaking out of the egg. Mm -hmm. And if you're st sitting there watching it, there's something about human empathy that watches the chick being born and you want to like start helping it, help it, out. help it like, Oh, you're, you're, Aww, you're struggling Poor you. cute little thing. You're struggling. But they say that if you actually start breaking apart that egg and helping that chick be born, you can yeah, kill the chick because there's things that are happening through that struggle that are, that are actually causing their muscles and the way that they are formed to kind of kind of take shape. And I think sometimes it's it's 
I, I find that in creation, there's like all these clues for how we should be living yeah. life. You know, you watch these shows on nature and you, you see these kinds of things and it's almost like, oh, that's almost, that's a, that there's a bigger story mm -hmm. told there. And, and you almost see it like within us, yeah. this tendency to break the shell off or to, or to, and there's part of that that is actually really, really important mm -hmm. in you becoming the person that you're ultimately going to become. It's very true. You know, and then and then the other part of, you know, at, and this is why I think that your I'll say it like this, that your your worth has to be separate from your work, because you have to have an ability to be able to rest in the middle of struggle. Mm -hmm. Right. Like yeah. when in, in the midst of hard times to know it's hard times, but it's OK. It's OK. Yeah. And that's like that's like one of the probably ultimate like hardest things to do, because it doesn't feel like it's OK. No. You know, when you're up against adversity, you guys have had moments like that. I mean, I, 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 mean, I hear all the stories. You know, I, I, you, I think what has been our salvation in, in the struggle is knowing where our anchor is. Yeah. And I, people who don't have a belief system, I mean, our trust is in God. Our trust is in the word of God. That's our foundation. If I didn't have the word of God or trust that God was for me, that, that God has me, that the word of God is true. Um, I would be crazy. I, yeah. I have no doubt that I would have probably lost my mind. Um, marriage kids, yeah. um, the foundation of the word of God has been key and mm -hmm. <clears throat> knowing in the middle of struggle and in the middle of chaos in the middle of things, not looking like they work, they're working right. And almost like they're working against us and it's not, working for us, that, that somehow that there's still been a confidence that God has better, that God's working his plan, that God's working his purpose. And if I just stay true and anchored in that, I'm going to be okay. And really fighting to keep my mind at peace in that truth. Yeah. Um, because yeah, I mean, we've experienced financial devastation, uh, people leaving, um, family issues. I mean, yeah. But God has the only sanity in it all has been God. I don't know how people do it apart from God. I really yeah. don't. I, I have no concept of that, of that world. Um, really? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's why it's important. I, most people don't realize that whether you, whether you're conscious of the foundation you've chosen or not, you have one. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't people that would say, I don't know that I believe that the Bible is the inspired word of God. Well, that's fine. But you still have a foundation. Yeah. And how does your foundation work? You still have yeah. some sort of anchor. Yeah. And either your anchor is your own ideology and your own concepts mm -hmm. and your own experiences, which are fickle and different every single day. Yeah. Or you have some sort of you. Everybody has some sort of something. Yeah, you're believing in something that you're that you're holding your experiences up against. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Like. How does you're, you're trying to reconcile it against something and you're either trying to reconcile it against your own psychology experiences, yeah. you know, so-called beliefs or um, or you're going to make a choice to reconcile it against something that actually has the ability, I think, in my opinion, to move to move your life forward, to cause you to be better. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's the thing about the Bible. We believe we believe it's God's inspired word. Yeah. But I find for people even questioning, it's like you still need a foundation. And I find sometimes like figuring it out is just deciding to to yeah. go with something that's bigger than yourself. Yeah, and true. it becomes it does become an anchor in 
in times that are um, difficult and you can't, you know, you can't control. Right. You can't control. Um, what are some of the, do you, do you, did you ever have moments that you almost felt like you lost your footing? Almost felt like, ah, uh, or do you feel like you guys have always been like, did you ever have moments where it was like, I don't know. Uh, we were talking earlier and it's like you, you the human tendency is to be like this stuff doesn't work why isn't it working it doesn't it's not working in your timeline I never thought that God I never had a doubt uh, that I couldn't trust God that that God wasn't true that God wasn't real I never doubted my relationship with God mm -hmm. his the word working in my life as I was learning to uh, as I was learning to put it into my heart and that it, uh, if I did put it in my heart and I did start, you know, cultivating it in my life, that it would actually produce something for me. Um, in that process, yeah, there have been plenty of times that there have been fear thoughts and thoughts in my head. This is not working. This shouldn't take as long. This shouldn't be this hard. Um, if you were really doing things things right, this mm -hmm. shouldn't be happening mm -hmm. to you. Um, yeah, those thoughts are constant. Now, whether I would. Uh, meditate on them for a while and think about them for a while and, and start finding myself overwhelmed and depressed and wanting to scream and cry and hurt people or, um, or not, you know, uh, I think there were plenty of times where, um, in the process where I thought this is, this, this isn't working, Yeah. you know, and, but realizing that it does work, um, if I'll just continue to. Well, to and how much it. is like, how do you, how are you, or how do you deal with the, the burden of, of exactly what you're just talking about. If, if I, if I was doing something right, or if I was really working this right, then it would be producing. So I obviously am not like how it's like that work worth thing that I was talking about. Like, how do you, how do you separate what's you and what's not you? Mm -hmm. What is, what is the picture of the, there's a seed that's under the ground that's being watered and it takes time to produce. And then the flip side of that coin of you have a job to play and you have a role and you need to be obedient okay, so, and you right. need to... So I'm believing God for finances or, uh -huh. um, you know, and I know God that, that God wants me to be the lender and not the borrower. I know that God wants my life to be blessed and, and walk with increase in my life, but I'm laying in bed and I'm hearing them hook up my car and tow it away because mm -hmm. it's being repossessed. Which How you do experienced. I, yes, which I have experienced. Yeah. Um, years ago, how do I still go, okay, God, you're still good. And you want me to prosper and you want me to increase and I'm a tither and I'm a giver. How do I balance those two out? Yeah. My car's getting repossessed. What parts God, what parts me, yeah. you know, I think it still comes back to the core belief foundation that I know that, that God's word can be trusted. This is, I have to realize this is just a journey in life. Yeah. You're never going to hit your final. I mean, it's not like you're going to finally master something. Um, it's a journey. And, um, that if I'm not experiencing, uh, abundance in my life, like I'm supposed to, uh, like God's word says I'm supposed to, then I'm still working on getting there. And, yeah. and I've got to say, um, in some of those times where the car was being repossessed and, and things like that, I feel like those were really testing times. Like Sheree, do you really believe that the word is working in you? Do yeah. you really trust me? in this process, even if things weren't going like you expected, are you still going to trust me in it? Are you still going to believe? Are you still going to know that I have more for you? Are you mm -hmm. still going to be doing what you know to be doing, be faithful uh, with your time or with your money? Um, and I think in that process over time, um, God, ha God has been faithful, yeah. you know, and I, I think now I look back 
and the struggles that maybe I have now financially or, 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 or relationally or whatever, I can look back at God's track record. Yeah. And, and I realize that the more that I put God first in those areas and continue to stay faithful with the word, that um, God's word always works and it's always come about on my behalf, yeah. you know, good for me. Um, but I do, it, it is a challenge for people. Yeah. I think um, a lot of times the, the negative things in our life really just really test what uh, what our foundation is, if we really believe what we believe and and not. And, and too, I, I mean, it's like we, I think that part of the struggle is that we as humans are so results driven. Mm-hmm. So if, if the results aren't as quick mm-hmm. or as predictable or as, um, as I want them to be, then I literally question the context of everything in my life. Yeah. <laughs> my yeah. worth, my relationships, my job, my whatever. The reason I question those things is because I'm, I'm not happy with the results. And you find when you're a person of faith that plays a long game and you're trusting in something, if, you're, if you are the type of person that is listening and you trust nothing but yourself, well, then you need to be strictly results-driven because yeah. it all is contingent upon your ability to hustle and become and have accolades and success and all that kind of stuff. If you subscribe to a different line of thought and you choose to believe in someone bigger than yourself, then you have to, in essence, embrace all of the beliefs that that belief system entails, meaning you have to then trust something bigger than yourself to realize that sometimes the results, um, part of it, if you're trusting someone bigger than yourself, aren't you, you don't always see what, what is really going on behind the curtain is the hardest thing. It's why we talk about like surrender, right? Letting go of my idea of what I think things should look. It's the hardest thing to say, this isn't working. Um, It might be working. (laughs) You know, it's it's like, that's why it's the, the Bible, like seed under the ground. Right. So like you don't, you, you don't know you, I mean, when you look at the top of the soil and you think this is not working, this stupid plant is Mm -hmm. a dud, you know, Mm -hmm. here I am, I've been investing, I've been, um, and, and, but yet it is growing un- and yeah. it is growing underneath. It's hard though, when you can't see and you're in your, uh, you live in a results driven society. Yeah. I, and, and I think you have to trust the process. Mm-hmm. I think even earlier you were talking about the whole thing with the chicken trying to, the little chick trying to break out of the egg. There's a process there that produces this strong chick able to survive. I'm sure if that little chick was given a, a voice, he's probably saying, can you help me out here? Could you have made this process a little bit easier? Mm-hmm. I think God can even look at us and here we are, you know, God, can you help us out here? You know, yeah. financially, we're trying to push out of this thing or physically we're trying to believe for stuff and we're, we find ourselves doing the right thing, but it's not happening as quick or it's a little bit harder than what we want it to, to happen. Yeah. And I feel like God is, you know, listen, th- there's a process to this journey, yeah. you know, and, and he even set in motion the whole seed the time and the harvest. And yeah. as much as we want the harvest immediately, there's there's a process we have to go through. And and it's the process where people quit because it doesn't happen fast enough or no. just doesn't look like it's happening the way it should happen. And they're judging forever based on today. Yep. And you can't judge forever based on today. Today is today. Well, and pro- yeah. yeah, it is. No. And you look around and, and I think embracing the fact that every, every process is different. And I think that... Um, it's not, it's not even contingent as much on 
on uh, you can't say well look at how it worked for them in the same scenario yeah but you're a different person and the cards are different and there's a different there's a different end game for your life you know mm -hmm. you look at people like every um every i said it like this to our team like every calling has a capacity in other words you're something that you're put here to do and then there's almost like i mean people think you can be anything but you really can't be anything you can be anything that you were supposed to be right you know That's we true. all we all have our limitations in in, in sure. essence you know yeah. what i mean like could i study and become a neurosurgeon uh, maybe yeah. but you still probably don't want me right. working on on you you know what i yeah. mean like so i think like every calling um has that and i think that um, because that's, that being said, everybody ha everybody's, um, destination is somewhat different. You know, you look mm -hmm. at like a John the Baptist, well, your role is not to be the savior. Your yeah. role is to tell everybody that the savior is coming. Um, if John the Baptist would have said, well, I don't want to play that, that's, that's your role. So your process is different because True. of the, of the place that you're going to. And I, I'm really into this. Um, I'm really into this, like nature thing as I've always been, but it's funny because you, you look and you see. Every, in in nature, every every animal, every all bits of creation, every tree, every bush, every shrub, they all have a different process. Like if we just paid attention to that, mm -hmm. right? Like the incubation process for dogs and puppies versus humans versus elephants versus trees. And uh -huh. I mean, some trees take decades to even sprout. Mm -hmm. And it's this whole whole thing of um, this principle. I've, I've been thinking about how the process requ it requires contribution from you, but at the same time, it your contribution doesn't control the rate at which it's productive. So it requires contribution from you, but your contribution doesn't require or doesn't determine the the rate at which it's productive. And I think that that's the frustrating part when you're like, but I but I did this, and if I didn't, and it's like. I, I watered the plant, but your your watering of the plant doesn't determine the rate at which that plant produces. Right. And your That's life true. is very, yeah, much the very same, much the same, right? I mean, there's times that you have to, I mean, you've been on, on faith journeys yeah. and believing God for things, whether it be for healing. And we were talking about some of that earlier yeah. where it's like, so true. how come it's not happening yet? This stuff must not work. And it's like, just take a look around. Everything has a pro like if you would just as much as you believe looking out the window. Yeah. I mean, if we look out this window, literally look at the trees, the bush, the dirt, yeah. the, everything had a process. And if we just really realized that the same things that you see, it the, the unseen operates in the same yeah. type of, uh, of way. Our, our ability to rest, and to me, it's that rest thing in the midst of things that right. you don't understand would be a whole lot, I would think, easier. I think so, too. I, I think... I do think we don't see a lot of the fruit in our life because we quit too soon. Uh -huh. I think um, just like any any seed that starts growing, if we see that process and it doesn't seem fast enough and we go out and uproot it, well, we've just uprooted what we planted. you know. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of things that we start out believing God for and sowing seed for, and it didn't happen that quick. So, okay, we're going to dig it up and we're going to try it a different way. Uh -huh. And I think we could probably see a lot more uh, productivity and... and um, probably favor and blessing the things we're really believing for show up mm. in our life. If we would be more restful. Yeah. I think the Bible talks about that. He it said, does. look how the farmer, he goes out and he plants a seed and he goes to bed and he gets up and he looks and he waters it and he goes back to bed and, yeah. he get, and he's patient yeah. in the process, knowing that when you plant the seed, it will produce a harvest in our lives. I think we, you know, plant it and two days later, yeah. we're so stressed out about it not working that, 
you know, we let's just do it a different way. Go out and uproot it, and let's just do something that's quicker and easier. Yeah. And 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 we never hit that mark that God wants us in any area of our life. Because we care, we carry the we almost carry the burden of production. Like we carry the burden. If it's not producing, it is, you know, something wrong with me. Or there's like it's a up personal. To us to grow it. Yeah. Yeah. And well, that's not- and but that's that's how our society programs us, yeah. right? Like now you don't just hustle, you are your hustle. You know, like you, you don't just work. You are your work. What you, what you do determines your, how many followers do you have on Instagram? Oh, that's it. Okay. Yeah. You're not as important to me. Why? Because your, your work, your status determines in our society, your worth, right? Well, it was never intended to be that way, but our society then programs our psychology to, um, to run on an operating system that is so unproductive because then your lack of success as people see it, de- depending on where you're at in your journey, mm-hmm. determines your own self-worth and yep. your self-image and, and how your you hustle's feel. never enough. Never. Your hustle's never enough. Yeah. So if it's if it if it's you working the if it's you and dependent on you, it's never enough because how much is enough? Yeah. It's never enough. No. You could always be doing more. That's why I think we have so many broken, burnout, uh, soul-wounded people because mm-hmm. we're trying so hard to do it ourselves, and and we were never created to do that. No, and it's like you, and there's like the uh, there's the side of it is like you are 100% created to work. Your hustle is important. Your work is important, but your work just can't be tied to your worth. Yeah, because then at the point that your work isn't productive or your work is challenged, then your worth is also not productive or being challenged. And they're, they're two completely different, different sides of the coin. They're, they're not, they should not be, you know, relate related at all. Like I've been saying it, like, keep your, keep your work a hundred percent in it, but keep your worth a hundred percent out of it. And, and in anything that you're doing and any of your goals and your dreams, like I'm a big proponent of man, what's in, what's in your heart is probably in there for a reason, but go after it, but keep it separate from your worth. And, yeah. and to me, that's why a lot of people even throw in the towel when they don't throw when they shouldn't have thrown the towel, because yeah. it's like, I tried that. And at some point it damaged your confidence, yeah. right? Like we tried to do this project. We tried to do this thing. We tried to make this happen and it didn't work. And then, so then the next time that rolls around, it's like, well, I don't know. I'm a little bit hesitant that's true. because you feel like a failure yeah. because what you did failed. Yeah. You know right. what I'm saying? And yeah. just because what you did failed, does not make you a failure. We're comfortable with that, as, especially within church. Like we're comfortable with that as long as it pertains to ba- behavioral issues. Yeah. Like right, like you did this, but it doesn't doesn't have to be your destiny. But I think even your when your work fails, yeah. that's not a reflection of your that's of true. of the quality or who you are as right. a person. So where do you find that worth? I mean, for us, we have to find that worth. It's not just finding our worth in our own self or finding our worth. It's finding our worth where worth was our worth was given to us. Yeah. With God, yeah. right? And I think even in the beginning when God created Adam and Eve, he created them to tend, to put forth work and effort in the garden. Yeah. He said, I created you to tend the garden. But there was a huge other side to that. We had relationship every single night, or we had relationship, we had communion every single day. Your worth wasn't coming from tending the garden. Your worth was coming from relationship with me. Yeah. And I think even in life, whatever we do, if if our life is spent totally work, 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 and not relationship uh, yeah. God word finding, um, it's not about people affirming me or likes or, yeah. you know, people who have, you know, signed up for, to follow me or whatever it follows or whatever. It's, 
my relationship with God. It's God. It yeah. has to be God. It has to be God. God has to be my validation. And as long as he and I are good, then work is good. Yeah. Because that's where I'm getting my validation and my affirmation. Well, yeah. My relationship. Especially, I mean, it's the, it's the, um, the thought of something, anything in life only finds its worth um, in being used in what it was created for. I mean, yeah. it's like this, this cup is just a cup until I need something to drink. Yeah. You know, you, you don't realize what, like when I'm out camping, it's like, you don't really, cups seem so like unimportant until you have water and no way to no drink way. it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or you have no way to, you have no container. Like even when you have yeah. to boil like a pot right. to boil water to purify uh -huh. it, it's like pots seem like, I mean, you, pots seem so just dumb and unnecessary. Uh -huh but they find their worth in what they were actually created for. So like when you have needed that, and I think that that's the ultimate conversation of all humanity struggles, struggle. I mean, that's the, that's really the ultimate, right? Like we just don't, we don't know where our, most people don't know where their worth comes from. And so they're clawing and scratching to make themselves feel significant or have money, have relationships, have, whatever the optimum physique so that I can feel good about myself because I'm ultimately looking for worth and there is really no worth outside of being connected to what you were created for. Right. And, and for us, that our belief system is that's God, it's relationship yeah. with God. It's connect, it's connection with God, um, which is, which is expansive and so much more than just religion and church. It's, it's him being in the midst of, you know, it's very your true. life and at the center of your mm -hmm. life, being someone that, you know, you guys, I mean, obviously the, the relationship with God part, but you've also pioneered a church and you've experienced a lot of that pain that has come as a result of, of not just from, not just from, you know, unexpected faith expectations, but from people, hmm. people are, people can be very destructive. People can, I mean, the people that are the closest to you sometimes are the ones that can hurt you the most. Mm -hmm. Um, I know that you guys have experienced that. I mean, you've experienced, I mean, we could talk about some of the stories that I think would be cool. Um, but just some of the, the, the pains of, to, we started with the trusting people thing, yeah. you know what I mean? And it's like you, especially, especially when your world is so, the God world is so in, in intertwined with the work world and the people world and, yeah, and all that. It's, um. It's interesting, and I heard one one preacher say that ministry is brutal. It's brutal on one end yeah. and beautiful on another, yeah. and it's because you deal with people, you know. And people can be beautiful, and people can be brutal at the same time. Uh, one of the things I'm I'm extremely thankful for is growing up in a pastor's home, yeah. growing up in a preacher's home, because I already had a concept of of people, and I already understood that um, you know people can praise you just like they did Jesus on one day and crucify you the next. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yet you still have to love them. You know, and I think that's such the hard part because I don't know if any in any other like occupation where you can be stabbed by someone, but I still, while I'm bleeding, have to still love you in the process, Isn't and I and I still have an obligation to forgive you, and I still have an obligation from God um, to, to still love you and to turn my other cheek. You know, not to lay myself as a as a carpet in front of you, but to keep my heart pure yeah. and right in the process. And that's challenging while you're bleeding, yeah. you know, and, um, the people that you, you work so hard to help and to be there for, uh, when you need them, you know, peace out, you know, right. I'm not being fed by you anymore. I'm yeah. going somewhere else or whatever, all the, all you know, of things. all of the things. Um, I, 
I think it's never been easy, um, especially when people closest to you walk out or the people closest to you, not just walk out, because I think if they walked out, that's one thing that's great. Yeah. You know, go ahead and That'd go. That'd be a part of life. Yeah, and go ahead. Tr- You're walking transition. out. But spitting on you or telling lies about you yeah. or being deceptive or trying to take other people who are in relationship with you, pull them away from you yeah. too. I think that's a whole nother level. Um, I think by nature, just the natural DNA flesh part of me, um, I'm the kind of person you don't need me. I don't need you either. Yeah. You know, yeah. you don't like me. I don't need you. Right. Which I don't think is always God purpose for me. Right. Because it can I be think a defense mechanism. It is for the most part. Yeah. So I'm not an outwardly expressively anger person, mm-hmm. but I'm probably more of a stuffer kind of person. So I always felt like, um, you know, if I acted nice on the outside, then I must be nice. Yeah. But yet I could have all these negative mean right. thoughts on the inside and, and do me damage yeah. on the inside, which would put up walls and not want any relationships with anybody else and have very surface relationships and very surface r- friendships. And knowing that that's not God's plan either. I think it still comes back to, Again, the whole trust God issue, uh, it's doing our best to, okay, what does the God's word say about treating my enemies? And as much as you don't want to do the word during those times when it says to bless them and to, and to be joyful, because when they speak evil against you, uh, for the word's sake, you're even more blessed, you know, fighting to see that more as a positive and not a negative. It's a, it's a, it's a struggle and it's work and it's, and it is that, but I got to say that um, there's always a reward in, in doing that. Um, you know, I, I, I think we've, dad and I both have just determined to, uh, at least in the public eye, (laughs) be the bigger person. We definitely have conversations behind doors of the pain, which is important to process it, right? Yeah, absolutely. There've been plenty of times there've been tears and, and like, man, what can we have done different? Or, or man, I just want to, yeah. I want to blast them Let's, on social media, yeah, you know, or right. I want to, I want to call people and tell yeah. them, or tell I the want to, yeah, I want to tell the real story. Exactly. Yeah. And then, yeah, uh, I want to tell the real story and, and, and just knowing just can't do that, right. you know, that, that somehow in the end, God will, God will make up the difference and bless us if we do, do the process. That's, right. that's the road. I mean, it's really the road of leadership. I mean, uh, you know what I mean? Leader, if you're going to be a leader in life, like not just like exist and status quo American dream, but if you're wanting to like do things and go places, you have to choose that. I mean, you can call it the higher road, you can call it whatever you want, but there is this, this, um, reality yeah. that you have to lead leaders do that. Leaders help while hurting, you know, yeah. but there's the flip side of the coin that it's important that even while you have to help while you while you're hurting, that you take time to heal as well. That's so true. Even if that's that's the importance of having a, a core group of people that you are in relationship with, yes. or, or friend circle, or people you can call on, mm-hmm. where you can close the door and ah, yeah. scream. Because when yeah. you're, um, in, uh, you know, I was talking to a friend the other day, and they were going through some uh, hardship, but they're the they're the type of person that is uh has to save face publicly they're a leader you know they're a leader in the pure sense of the of the, yeah. of the word and it's like hey make sure you take time to go lock yourself away and cry out to god and scream at the yes. top of your lungs and listen to worship music and purge your soul because yeah. if you carry that with you yeah. and just you know being a leader is 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 not just saving face it's knowing how to I think lead the lead yourself through the midst of pain behind closed doors or with 
you know, people that you're in relationship with that can actually so heal. Agree. If you just bulldoze, you're you're worse. Yes, and I've seen a lot of uh, growing up in ministry and then being in ministry as long as we have. I've seen a lot of people self destruct that way. Yeah, um, holding it in or not having, not going Godward with it, not allow, almost almost afraid to vent to God. Like yeah. God doesn't get my pain, or God doesn't get my emotion, or God would look at me as a weak child, or right. you know, I put this on. You know, I gave you. Why are you being so stinking unthankful? Yeah. You know, right. and and not realizing that God gets it anyways, and yeah. He cares about it, and He's got help for you, and 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 sometimes all you need is a good yell, a good cry. Yeah, honestly. You know, sometimes you just need that. Yeah. God, our our we're so physically uh our the way God created us, you got to have outlets and sometimes tears are like that. Sometimes your voice yelling or shouting is like that and it's doing it in the right place at the right time and I think having a good group of people around you, someone you can you know, I I I used my mom at this period as this periodically, um but I think you know, a good group of God word friends yeah. to run things past and to, to, to say, I'm feeling this way. Right. And they give you the ability or the, um, the space and they allow you to vent a little bit, knowing that you're not going to hurt anybody or damage right. anything in the end that, okay, yeah. you're normal. Yeah. This is okay. Let's refocus and yeah. help you refocus. I think, um, one thing I do admire probably more about this generation of church leaders that I see is they value those kind of relationships in their mm -hmm. life where I think our generation was more um, self-preservation and we'll fight it and do it ourselves, yeah. which I think um, did a lot of damage to yeah. our generation, you know, and I think um, allowing pe people uh, the space um, and letting people know it's okay to talk to somebody else right. that you need, to, you need that, you need some fresh perspective sometimes. And, um, as long as you're not just bottling it in, because I think it's easy. Just I don't want anybody to know my pain. I, they won't get it anyway. Or just to f fight, fight, f or just to stay focused, because you know, stay distracted, going one thing to another, one thing to another. You're never processing your feelings. You know, yeah. I think it's so detrimental. Yeah. Well, there's there's certain things in life that you that you can't and shouldn't try to balance, and then I think that there are yeah. certain things in life that you should. You know, yeah. there's this. Um, so I think like there, even for, you know, your generation versus mine, I think that, you know, there's, there's things that are very destructive about nobody gets in. It's yeah. just us never let them see you go through hardship. Yeah. I think that there's destructive things towards that. I also see in my generation much concern about their future because they're too, there's no boundaries. There's no constraints. It right. is just no live your Out truth. Yeah. And well, but you live in your truth today is going to be destructive and you yes. get in a job three months down, right. three years down the road, For you know? Sure. So like you, to me, there are, there is this balance in this conversation yeah. uh, For sure. of, I think, especially with being a leader, you know, there is, there is a, a point where the, with depend, depending on who you're leading, yeah. you know, the be able to lead and be strong or whatever. But then there's also the side of know when, know when to let them see that you also are human and you also bleed. Yeah. Um, but, the, but people need something at the same time to look up to and to, you know, to be led by. So there, yes. there is two sides of the right. people want you, the people need you to be real and people need you to be open. But a lot of times I think we're just trying to purge the unskimmed waters of our own soul to make ourselves feel better. And so we do that, you know, we're yeah. trying to just get all the junk out so right. that we can, you know, 
And those are the times that yes. it is unproductive. Yes. You know, when you can use your humanity as a tool for someone else's productivity or to to lead them, that's when it's beneficial. Right. But just uh, barfing on everybody Absolutely. because of what you're going through. Yeah. No, I would I would totally agree with that. I think in in what I think is important is that you have someone, if you're dealing with issues, that you have someone that you respect and trust that you can share those things with, not mm-hmm. necessarily, you know, bearing your... I think people do want to see your humanity. Absolutely. Um, and I think part of your part of that help is helpful to them. I, I'm, I'm helped by seeing not just the struggle of people, but to see God in the middle of their struggle bring them through their struggle. Yeah. Um, I don't think people just want, need to see... Uh, just your fleshy side. No, you know I think that right. that um, people can learn from maybe the struggles in my life because I'm not currently in that struggle and and I'm not stuck there and I'm not giving up and I'm not hopeless and I'm not just yeah you know telling everybody off in the middle of my struggle. But they learn that God can. Yeah, people need hope. There's people a reason. Yeah. people need to know that there's a reason I share my story and there's yeah. a reason why I share certain parts of my story. Yeah. And there's a certain reason why I don't share any part of my yeah. there's certain parts I don't share at all. Yeah. Because it's not the time. Yeah. Well, a, te- a, testi- a testimonial, the purpose of a testimonial is to show people that what I use to get through my, it works. There's productivity in yeah. it. So like I'm not just te- I'm not I think our world misunderstands the concept of vulnerability. Excuse mm-hmm. me. And we think, hopefully we can mute that out because that was like a burp, a that burp, like guttural. That was gut- guttural is also an interesting word for Unlike another time. Sneeze, it's not appropriate. <laughs> you can't control it though. Um, what was it? Okay. So I think that they also misunderstand vulnerability and think that vulnerability is a tell all. Yeah. Right? Like vulnerability is not a tell all. Vulnerability is a, I love the way uh, Brene Brown says it. It's, it's a willingness to just show up. It's a willingness to, to be here and to embrace your humanity in essence. But it's, it's not always, it's not always a, just a tell all. It's like you said in the earlier in the podcast, there's some things I don't want to know and uh, you know, about people's lives. And I think it's true. It's like when, when, when you're, when you're a grandmother and you're telling your great grandkids about the the hoochie used to be it's like grandma we didn't need to know we really didn't need to know that okay nobody wants to know that like you keep keep your scandalous you know teen years to yourself you know like there's just certain things that i i feel like aren't always needed to know right right? and um but i do feel like there is something and i think it's actually a, a weakness in in some people i don't know we can talk about this see what your thoughts are on it but like there's a weakness and a selfishness that I have to tell you because I need to feel better about what I'm going through. And I think like when that's done in the wrong context, that's why I think like what you're saying about having, having the right people in your life that you can do that with is important because I think that your soul does need that. But I think a lot of times that's what I'm saying with this generation, not knowing who those people are. So it's a tell all to everyone. And I think that dad taught me one time, um, he said, always remember that information heals, but information also hurts. Mm -hmm. So sometimes you want to tell somebody something to make yourself feel better. But after you've made yourself feel better, you've just given them a burden that they have to live with for a lifetime. That's true. 
information about you, about what you've been through, about what you know about somebody, about what so-and-so told you, a secret that you just want to get off your chest. And I, I need to tell them, I need to tell them. And then once you tell them, you feel better. But now they live their life with a lens seeing you and all the people that you talked about through for the rest of their life. Information is powerful. It hurts and it heals. So it's like you have this response, this responsibility, this inward responsibility, I think, to understand what it means, like true vulnerability and how to be productive and the times to share and, and not to share. How, how do you draw? How are, or how do you draw those lines or how do you think people should draw those lines? Well, personally, I'm a very private person anyways. Yeah. You know, I feel like I live in a glass house anyway. Mm-hmm. So, you know, any, any anything, I'm going to be more guarded. Yeah no matter what kind of relationship I'm in. I mean, I can have relationships with some of my closest friends and they're still, it, it's still right. guarded. There's yeah. just some things, it's just not beneficial for me for me to say. And then being in the position that I'm in, I mean, as, as ministers, we have to guard yeah. information that's being shared with us, you yeah. know, people's personal lives and broken places. Uh, we, a lot of times, are the venting spot yeah. of people's issues, you yeah. know, and... And for the ones who, you know, are new in relationship with us and are sharing, we kind of let them share, you know, the ones who have a, we feel like have an issue who are venting, venting, venting all the time. It's like, okay, I personally don't want to hear that anymore. Can you please stop? You know? And, um, but I think personally, I, I, um, I'm more guarded anyway. Um, I would have, it would have to be a pretty, probably desperate-ish thing. I would more likely go Godward. Yeah. Um, definitely spouse wise, but if there's been issues, you know, every marriage deals with conflict and issues. And, and I know even with marriage conflicts, um, throughout the years with, with dad, I, I don't know that I would run to someone, uh, you know, you know what he said, you know, you know, or just, just dump something out there that, you know, I'm going to forgive or forget the next day, you know, but they're going to remember forever. That's just not wisdom. And, uh, so I think I've, you know, Again, I can err on the other side to, to, to hold every everything in to where I'm maybe not but I don't I, I can't even pinpoint looking back going, man, I should have shared that with somebody. Yeah. I just don't feel that. I, I feel like I, I go Godward with most of my stuff. Which is important, especially the yeah. Honestly though, I think if I really had trouble navigating through a, a situation or or really was really struggling, struggling, I would probably I, I could see myself talking to maybe more a more neutral person yeah. that wasn't in my well you know I I, that's why i a think professional um, i don't know no, for sure i think that that's why i think one of the responsibilities of um this generation is to fight to remove the stigma as it pertains to i think third-party help yeah psychologists sure people like Absolutely. that sometimes you do need uh you need an ear and i think mm-hmm. that but the reality of realizing that because of the condition of our world and our society a lot of times that ear is sometimes I think not somebody that is near to you. Yeah, you know that's true. Because it's hard. It's I mean, I talk about it often. Like one of the greatest, uh, one of the greatest heartaches for me is seeing people even within the church come to the church as a place of vulnerability, but then you have immature leaders or people or people within the church, and here these guys are so fresh and so green to spirituality and the things of God, and they're like here's what I'm going through. But then everybody then sees them based upon the information that they know about them. And so then you can't blame people for having secrets in the church because if you were really real and really honest and really open and we really knew what everybody in the room was going through, we were not 
at a place of maturity to to true we should be but yeah, to, 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 but to yeah. see each other through the lens of still mm-hmm. um, not what you've been through so sometimes I think that have having that um, voice and what if that's a psychologist for you that's who that is yeah. but having somebody to talk to because ultimately we talked about this earlier off uh, off uh, recording but we're talking about how as a person you are spirit soul and body mm-hmm. And um, I think that we have gotten better about, you know, we're doing good at, you know, the spirit side about let's make sure we're feeding our spirit, right? Yeah. So like we have acts of devotion, whether it be prayer or reading the Bible. And I think then the the other most obvious is body, is physical. Like we, we know I need to be taking care of myself, mm-hmm. right? Like physically, even if we don't do it, we know that you it's know important. Yeah. I think a lot of times we don't prioritize um, the soul part like yeah. we need to. And, I agree. and just like we go, I mean, I think if we had the same discipline to go to the gym as we do, like if we took the same discipline mm-hmm. for our soul, whether that be through psychology, investing in conversations with psychologists, yeah. whether that be meditation, you, you, things that yoga, stuff that, stuff that, <laughs> yoga, I haven't done yoga in a while. It's like smirk when <laughs> hot I did <yoga>. that. <laughs> you did hot yoga I with me. I did do hot yoga with you. That was hard. Did you like it? You know what? I did, but what i what i was surprised about is the point that you're making is that you have to you have to focus so much yeah. you know because every move i'm used to going to the gym and doing fast quick you know heavy lifty kind of movements yeah this is so focused yeah. that you really have to capture your thoughts and make them really on purpose think yeah. something you know uh to get your well, body I, to yeah and i think that people just don't take their soul seriously like we I just agree. don't really think it matters we think I, I said this last week and like, if I'm not depressed and not suicidal, then I'm good. Like most yes. people think that like, that's the, that's their litmus test for how are you as your soul? Well, I'm not depressed, so I'm good. That is so not the truth. That's very true. You know, and I just don't think we take our soul I think seriously. sometimes, um, I, I think physically, if we, if we didn't care about what we did with our body, we'd be in a pretty, you know, messed up sit state. Yeah. So like you said, we take care of our body a little bit a little bit more. We're at least aware. Aware. Because you have people like Miguel that still drinks energy drinks and he has kidney stones every single month and it's worth it for him. You're disgusting. FYI. <laughs> but as at least he's sipping one now. But one. Here, my point he's is you're legit. at least aware. Yes. Okay. You're, you're, so you, here's you don't the write, deal. You don't write it off as stupid. You're saying I'm making this choice. So you have to on purpose know what, what builds my soul and what destroys my soul. How does my soul get restored? How how do things get into the, my belief system and the way I think? Mm-hmm. I think, and I've heard on past podcasts, when I have listened, some mm-hmm. little banter before mm-hmm. uh, the podcast started, how my mom and my dad wouldn't let me listen to certain things or, yeah. you know, experience certain things. And I, and I think, you know, I, I look back on those times and I'm thinking, okay, we were a little ridiculous on certain things. Yeah. But as a parent, you know, if I'm building the psyche and the soul of my kid, there's certain things that I'm okay with them listening to. And there's certain things that I'd rather not produce a harvest in their life. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't want them having these images in their eyes all the time. That's producing their belief system. I don't want them listening to this all the time. That's producing their belief system. I want them to have a healthy perspective on things. And I, and I think as parents, you know, we fight to do that for our kids, but then there comes a time where they build their own. And I think that's where we are now. Okay. Well, daily, if I'm not cautious, just life is constantly attacking negatively my soul. Right, right. And from what I see, from what I hear, from from uh, all of those things. And so I have to on purpose, just like you were, we were talking earlier, we have to yeah. on purpose make our soul or 
put things into our soul to bring healing and restoration and to focus it, get it back on center, get it back on track and um, have to do those things on purpose. Right. Because I think sometimes we just live our life by default. There's, there's no doubt. And, and I would think or hope that everybody at least has at least somewhat of an awareness that the things that come into your eyes and to your ears affect your soul. So Carl Lentz talked about this in a uh-huh. podcast, like yeah. he was talking about the lyrics that you listen to or all those things. They, they, they do have an effect. Um, I think sometimes though, those are the more obvious ones. Yes. I think the, True. I think sometimes the far more destructive and the things that are really polluting the stream of our soul is undealt with anxiety, undealt with stress, undealt with disappointment, undealt with loss. Un, you know, undealt right. with sadness, yeah. undealt with unmet expectations. Mm-hmm. All of those things are soul pollutants. Yes. When I go through loss and experience grief, and I don't sit in that for a moment and allow God to bring restoration and bring healing, that just to me that destroys sure my does. soul ten times worse sometimes than all the other things which need to be. Which right. definitely you 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 are you tend the garden of your soul. Every person is responsible for that. But I think sometimes we're like, well, I don't need to listen to that. I need to, and what you need to do though is you also need to sit in the fact that you lost your grandmother or lost your son or lost your daughter, absolutely, and allow yourself to 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 wrestle with that pain and sure. sit in that pain and allow healing to actually happen. Because if you don't, you're gonna move, you know, ten years down the line and think, but I'm not listening to anything bad. I'm not watching anything bad, and yet I still feel like trash on the inside because there's so many other components yes, as well absolutely. that pollute the. Yeah. And it's processing all of those. Sometimes you don't even know, Mm-mm. you know, I'm feeling, man, so, but what is it, you know, where's the source of that? Like what, yeah. where have I opened the door to that? Whether it is not being, not fully processing, you know, the, the, the passing of someone or, or the financial des- uh, devastation of something or disappointments. I yeah. think disappointments is huge, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it, they're so subtle, mm-hmm. you know, it's so subtle. Sometimes it's just, Oh, that's so disappointing. Yeah. And you feel like you're moving on, but that has lodged itself. And then this disappointment kind of lodges and they connect. And then yep. this one dislodges and it connects. So you have, you know, these you know, 10 fortress, different yeah. ten different little disappointments who on their own, not a big deal. But because, you know, they weren't dealt with individually or, or processed through, you yeah. know, or God not really brought into yeah. it, I think is what it is. It's bringing God into those broken places. So, you know, someone dies unexpectedly and it's like so confused and you're feeling so lonely. And, and, you know, when we try to fix that on our own, I think that's when, you know, your soul can't really heal. It's bringing God into it or God's perspective into it that you can see it correctly, even disappointing things, you know, even like the little subtle things, being aware of that. Right. Awareness. And I think not bulldozing through those things, you know, one of the greatest challenges is to to is to not move forward until you've dealt with where you're at i think that you have in order to get to where you want to go you have to acknowledge your starting point and i think sometimes that's so painful we don't want to do it we just want to ignore it and keep moving and that's why i say there is a there's a lack of seriousness seriousness about our soul in essence like we just don't realize Mm -hmm. if it's if you are spirit soul and body that is a really just like if i don't have my legs there's going to be a major, major issue if I don't have my arms or if I lose some sort of my faculties. Um, 
you would say that's a major issue, but I think in our soul, there's, there's things that we, that damp, there's holes that we're missing and things that have been damaged and just realizing how much of a, how much, so like, and what, what, what do all of those things require for health? Right. So spirit, soul, and body, we know what does spirit and body require for health? I would say that it requires discipline. Yeah. It requires maintenance, right? Mm-hmm. This is why I say like the soul is, it's not a bottle of water that can be contained. And as long as we put the cap on, we're good. It is a river. Mm-hmm. It is a river that every single, that's why your, your soul is never just done. You're never, it's, you yeah, know, what is that? The scripture uh, that I said that the goal of our faith is the salvation of our soul, the mm-hmm. reconciliation really of our soul. Like the, even that, the, I mean, think about that. Like the goal of our faith is the reconciliation of our soul because your soul is your inward. So yeah. if everything inward is good, then the production right. of your life is good, right? So like um, because it's a, a moving body of water that constantly, it's like a river, right? So like animals, um, their saliva gets in it, they're, you know, they That's pee disgusting. in it, whatever, bugs die in it fish die in it, pollutants get into the water. The, the river can't control that because all of those mm-hmm. things are flowing into it. It's the same thing like with your with your life. Like there's mm-hmm. always those things, you know, coming in. And so just like the awareness of that, of knowing that it, it takes, it, your soul's going to take discipline just like the other two things take discipline. You know, that's why I talk about like when I went and did a float tank. It's like, the, the hardest thing about doing a float uh-huh. tank, you need to do a float tank, by the way. I don't think I could handle it. The hardest thing, I, I said it was like a great experience, but at the same time, it was the most like unrestful experience of my life, like where you felt like I felt like a crazy person. And bec- and this was why, like as you're laying in dark, <laughs> you realize how how wild your mind is, uh-huh. how, how out of control your mind literally is. Like the, they, they tell you when you go in there to like, Foc- what is what do you want me to do in a minute? Focus your thoughts. Try to think about one thing. Dude, like honestly, think about one thing. And then as soon as you're like, you're like thinking about some childhood and all of a sudden you start thinking about uh-huh. buying a car. And then you're like, ah, you start thinking about like you, it's the hard, it almost makes you go crazy thinking I, I literally can't keep my mind uh-huh. focused. To me, that's such a reflection though of how unkept most of us are it's probably within our souls. And you don't realize it till you shut off every other sense and you're like alone, right? Uh-huh. That's true. I think that's what Bible, why the Bible always says, why the Bible says, keep your mind focused on, you want peace? Keep yeah. your, fo- keep your mind focused on God, God stuff, you know, the peace of God. Um, I think one thing that you said, um, was, was pretty key is, um, mentally and soulishly, I think to get help for your soul, I think you have to first truly acknowledge where you're at, yeah. you know, and I think people have a hard time really acknowledging where they're at you know, like I am angry or I am frustrated or I am anxious or I am fearful or I am depressed. It's hard to say that I am that or, but I don't think you can truly get help unless you first are open to the fact that you're that, you know, and uh, acknowledging where you're at in order to, to get help for that. You know, I think that's, that's a big, a big thing. Yeah. And it's, it's subtle. There's this lady I was talking to this last week and she, she had she has like a smoking addiction, um, but so bad that it it's causing like congestive heart mm-hmm. fa- heart failure, some sort of heart uh-huh. failure. Um, and so she's like she's like really cutting back her cigarette smoking down to like one cigarette a day, but her daughter is like 
if her daughter finds out she's smoking, like it causes family drama. Like, cause and it's ultimately because her daughter cares. Yeah. But here, this this woman, this lady is saying, like, I'm not gonna, I gotta hide it from my daughter. I can't tell her. And it's like, what what are you really looking to to get here? Are you wanting help with like your problem, or are we wanting to save face and hide our problem? You know, so it's like I told her, yeah. like, um, there's different programs for this. The problem is. I mean, smoking is whatever. The problem is that you have something in your life that is ultimately keeping you from the life that you want. Right. You know, sometimes yeah. we talk about yeah. bondage within the context of the church and it seems so dark and heavy yeah. and whatever, but simplify it. Yeah. The reason you need freedom in your life is because you have something in your life that's keeping you from the life that you right. want. No yeah. one's shaming you for your cigarette addiction. Yeah. But I was t- telling her, like, until you, like, acknowledge the fact that, hey, can you say that you have a smoking addiction or does that just sound so horrible to you? Like that's the worth thing, right? Like mm-hmm. because it's atta- it's attached to my worth. Yeah. I certainly couldn't just. Why? Like, if you really want, you know, freedom from mm-hmm. those things, it's not a shameful thing to say. Here's where, I'm, where at. I'm at. Yeah. But the challenge is again, the people that you're around, it yeah. is shameful. Yeah. To your to her daughter or to mm-hmm. whomever, and that's why I think that we have a responsibility to, yeah. hopefully, do away with some of those um, those stigmas and. And things. So, how long have we been talking, by the way? Uh, hour and 20 minutes. Hour 20. Not That's bad. That's a long time. Huh? It's a long time. Do you have a lot to say? Me? That's good stuff. This is a perfect job for you. Why? Because you were asking questions from the time you could talk. <laughs> <laughs> why? 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 I know. I say, so why? I asked stop you. Stop asking I can why. remember asking you in the backseat. You're probably three. Mm-hmm. Why are you asking so many questions? You're like, I just want to be smart. Like, okay, can't fight with that. Uh, All right, be smart. And you are. I'm sitting here talking to you. I'm like, wow, where'd you get so much smart. wisdom? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Um, how, how do you think that, like, the way that you see things now, like in your, what you talk about, like your parenting and how you, like, raise, raised us, I always felt like you were tougher on me than the other kids. <laughs> My brother sitting in the room uh, over here. I look at like when like when he was in high school versus like when I was in high school uh-huh. and I'm like, dang, he, he was like, just a I, better, most more obedient <laughs> boy. I'm that's sorry. probably the truth. That's probably the truth. I was a bit of a tyrant. He was afraid to disobey and you weren't. So. Do you uh, feel like you're I don't know, you'd become oh less. Yeah, I, I don't know a parent that probably wouldn't say this. Yeah. That you're a little bit harder on your first kid because yeah. you don't know. Uh, you have no clue when you get this kid when yeah. you, when you birth this child. You don't know, you know, and you're doing your best job to be a parent. And you want them to be a perfect child, and yeah. so all the things maybe that you saw that other parents do do wrong. You know, it's right. like I'm not going to do that, and I'm not going to do that, and I'm not going to do that. But I am going to do that. You right. set out to build this perfect child, and just like you said, there's parts of your kid that you just can't control. Yeah. And they are who they are, and they challenge what they're going to challenge, and they become what they're going to become. And and you fight as a parent. I think um, uh, you know the standards could be probably a little stricter on the first kid. Yeah. You know, I would say that. I would probably say that. You know, you, you, the first one you practice on. So mm-hmm. the more you have, the last one. They always say the baby of the family. Yeah. Has it easier? <laughs> and I think that's probably true. And I don't know that you know as a parent you can it's just, change it's that. Just a part of it. <laughs> that's what's made you who you are. Yeah. And, him, yeah. who he is, and, yeah. and then you got your sister sandwich somewhere in the middle. So um, I think it's just one of those things as parents, you know, with each kid. You probably find that with your own kids. Oh, yeah. You know, you you look at one kid and you have, you know, this, and then you get this other one. It's like, 
discipline is different. Everything's different because they're a different kid. And then you kind of know what's important. Then as a grandparent, I is look. It, is that weird watching your kids have kids? Like I can't even hardly fathom it. It's right entertaining. Now. But but honestly. to think about like to think that you brought a human into the world that grew up in your home for 18, 20 years, and then they are doing the same yeah, thing. It is. And they they move out of your house. Yeah. And they have their own. They is that not weird? It is. That seems so weird. It is because you put all your time and effort into molding and shaping and you're living your life molding and <laughs> yeah. shaping and then they get old and then they go and then they have their own life and they're producing their own children. It, It's fun to watch actually. It's, is it hard? I, I, like, is it hard? I feel like the connection is so different. Like I, th sometimes I think, think on it like even now and it's like you go from like living in a family, like with parents for, yeah. I mean, 24, like I, most people don't think about this, but I think about this kind of stuff, okay. like 24 seven under your roof. Right. And then just like, then I'm gone. And you guys keep doing what you were doing under your roof right. when we were there. And then I'm doing that under my own roof. Right. That's not weird. Weird is that for a, me or weird for you? Weird for you. Like, is it well, weird? Yeah. To, because okay. basically, like, I think it within, like, you know how like people get mad in church or in business when you like develop and raise somebody up and you like I, I poured my life into them and then there they go but yeah. then that's like what we all do with yeah, our with, okay. with, as humans like right. that's in in essence but that's how god created story. it so so honestly there's a god transition i think some some parents though do freak out about that i think personally i always thought i always want my kids to live with me because i liked you guys mm -hmm. i enjoyed that i enjoyed the 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 other friends that you'd bring into the house and stuff the just the life in the house that it brought mm -hmm. and felt like you know you guys got along pretty well and 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 it was fun i felt like our home was good um and i always thought i never want my kids to move out but there comes a certain time and a transition that you're, you're like, almost like ready for it yeah you're like okay kind of like when a mom bird wants to kick her baby out of the nest, yeah, you know, they're like, like Boop, get out, you know, it's time, get out. Um, I still like you near, you know, I probably like you over more than your dad does because dads are <laughs> almost like, so the get truth, out, dude. You know? dads are like, get out. I want room. my home by myself. That's how you know it's time to leave. He goes but to his room. You'll be downstairs <laughs> and dad goes to the office. Where's dad at? Oh, he's in the office in the room. That's time to go home. <laughs> no, but I would have you guys over all the time. I love that. And I think moms usually do. You know, dads I asked like, my I dad to come on the podcast and he told me no. Like, just, I hope he's I listening. He's I don't even think he listens. I think but if he's, he's listening, I hope he knows. He's probably a little my scared. My father told me no. That's rude. <laughs> He's scared. Uh, but you just get, I mean, it's just a part of. He told me I was a good mom because I said yes. <laughs> I just, he says, he you guys can better. get me do whatever you guys want me to do. Which and that's is, probably true. Yeah. I mean, when you guys want something, you call me. Yeah, we do. You don't necessarily call him. No, we no. don't. You call me because you know don't. that I'll say yes. And I delight in that. But as a parent, I think there's a transition time that you're like, okay, it's time for you to go and, you know. There's times I miss y'all being home. Yeah. But then you come over for like a couple of days. And then and you're then like, like, we don't oh, miss okay. you anymore. I don't okay, miss you go, that much. <laughs> go home and take your noisy kids, please. <laughs> no, you can leave them. I love them. They're fun. <laughs> They're fun. But I do find it really cool watching you guys parent your own your own kids. And uh, being the grandparent, I don't have the responsibility of the everyday kind of, you know, I get to, I know what's important and, and what I enjoy doing and what I don't. Yeah. It's fun. It's funny because I can remember... In the age now that I can remember being like, um, remember you guys kind of being my age. I don't know. Well, yeah, I was just telling dad the other day. I said, 
Elam, your son, is the same age as I rem- I totally remember you guys being that yeah. age. Very vividly. Yeah. And how fast time goes from that point. Yeah. You know, how it seems like just a blink of the eye and he's going to be, you know, 18 going. But as a kid, like, you always think your parents are so much older. And mm-hmm. so now, and like, now I realize that I'm like, this is, this is, did you guys feel old. like this? Yes. <laughs> did you guys feel as young as I did? <laughs> and feel like you don't know anything? Yeah. Yes. So like, what am I doing? No, what? the older I get, the more I realize my mom and dad were just faking it. And they're, you know, that they didn't, they didn't. If I'm yeah. like them, we don't know. You just kind of try to figure it out as life goes on. Gosh. It's part of the journey. It's a crazy journey. Last question. Do, do animals go to heaven? You know, okay. Let me say this. When I look at my dogs now, my mo- my mom loves her dogs. Folks, I do love my dogs. Your dad loves the dogs more, but I I Let's do. Tell tell your devastating story that just happened. Let them in on your pain. Be vulnerable. My dog, um, we mated her, and we were gonna have her let her have puppies. She went through the whole process, and when it came for her time for her to give birth, she gave birth to one stillborn puppy. So sad. And then she kept laboring and laboring, and so we took her to the vet. Mm-hmm. And um, they did x-rays and they're like, something weird is in, you know, is going on in her. And like the, the skeleton of the, the puppies just doesn't look like it's going to be viable outside of life. And so they went in and they, you know, performed a cesarean and, and there was a, a gigantic puppy in there, but it wasn't viable like a, for life. Like a, like like a, a giant, like a mutated giant. Mutated Ninja Turtle baby. It was Isn't that huge. crazy? Yeah. So it was sad. So my... Dog was walking around the house looking for her lost puppies and it made me so cry because sad. she's looking for her children and she can't find her but children see, and her I child say. is in a trash can. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh, but it was sad. <laughs> They're in a puppy grave. Not a puppy in a grave. Trash but can. You're, back to your question: Do I think dogs go to heaven? <laughs> you're gonna get PETA all over okay, this. Okay. Can podcast. I ask you a question? It was dead. <laughs> yeah. It was a. I know, okay. but you, you, you know. And okay, you I could it, give him more stories. Then you gave it a respectful burial. Yes, we, we did a, fam- a, we did a family funeral. And, and me and Drew, we came out there and we sang music. How Great that Thou Art and but... uh, Amazing Grace. And then read a few scriptures. That's ashes a lot. But can I tell you about the dust. dogs yeah. going to heaven? Do they go to heaven? Okay, are there going to be animals in heaven? You asking me? Yes, I'm I think so, yeah. Okay, there's going to be animals in heaven. Okay, do you think that there will be dogs in heaven? There was a movie I saw once that said all no, dogs go I'm to heaven. No, I'm asking you this question. If you think <laughs> animals are, if there's going to be lions and sheep and there are going to be dogs, why would they just be random dogs? Why they, would God just put up their dogs that mean nothing to us? Do you think that you say that now because you love your animals and you're trying to justify the fact that you want them in heaven? I think, I think God wants to bring pleasure to my life, even <laughs> in heaven. And if he thinks that my dog being in heaven you know, would bring pleasure to me, he'd dude, probably like, I me, love it to go me there. Me and my wife got in the, I, I talked about this recently, And if it's not, I'm really not going to care because Jesus will be there. So. We got in the biggest argument about if animals have consciousness the other night. Like, cause, and she just doesn't think they have, she thinks everything is instinct, which I think is ridiculous because animals learn. If you, you can't tell me that they, I mean, they actually learn things, which if it's learned, that means it's not instinctual, which yeah. means there's consciousness, but that's a different rant for a different day. Who knows? We'll find out when we, when we get up there. I don't know that dogs are going to be born again and because they're Christian dogs are going to go to heaven, but they're going to, if they're bad dogs are going to go to hell. I don't Do you don't ever that. think like, do you ever think like maybe we're wrong about all this stuff and like maybe the other, maybe other species are like the real species. Like they're like really talking, communicating. Like really the dogs are in charge and like, we're just and, we're, and we think that, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like you don't ever think stuff like that because I sure do. This is where my, my brain works. I think left to your own self and your little water tank is not good for you. <laughs> I know. I think about too much crazy stuff. I mean, it could be like, I don't know. You just look and you think, man, 
you like you ever watched like um those shows where they show like what's really going on in the ocean dude there's some stuff going on down there animals you mean just some stuff like it goes down so deep and there's that is pretty crazy that it goes down like, so deep just i don't know it's just crazy there's yeah. there's a whole system down there we're up here living our little world thinking well, we're smart and they're down there doing their thing honestly i think we're going to get to heaven and our minds are going to be blown we're yeah. going to be going whoa yeah i do think that i think we're limited in our thinking and we're our understanding so we slow. think we know but we don't know no no it's way know. bigger than us well mom i want you to know that i love you i love you too son and i hope you have a very happy mother's day thank you mother's day is coming up yep and you're the best mom in the whole wide world. Thanks. I got I lucked up, lucked out and had the best one. Aw. Don't know how I got so blessed. Well, thank you, babe. I love you too. <laughs> love you. Thanks for coming on the <laughs> right. show. All right.